handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. On with me, friend of the show, Mr. Ryan Roberts at Rise in Draft on Twitter. Ryan, man, it's been a little bit of time since you've been on here. It seems like we were just talking off air. You know, it's been not too long ago, but it also feels like it's been a long time. How are you doing, my friend? Good, man. Good. You know, it's uh, it's nice to have a little clearer picture of what might actually happen in draft day now that free agency is, you know, a little behind us and everything. So appreciate you for having me back on. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's kind of segueing into the topic of this video, kind of looking now at the Colts draft strategy post free agency for the most part. Now, obviously, the Colts weren't big spenders in free agency in the early days, really didn't sign anybody of no uh, besides Isaac Rochelle. But that really was like a tier two kind of signing. Uh, a lot of it was re-signing their own guys, right? Bringing back some of the guys that have been on the roster, been in the system for a couple of years. So it was very interesting to see the Colts free agency approach. But now it kind of solves some, I think, some potential issues and some potential questions we had when we looked at the draft before free agency really kicked off for the Colts. So I thought now we have a clearer picture, like you mentioned, and we can kind of start there. Looking at some of these positions of need, looking at 21, looking at the Colts' options there potentially, and looking at maybe some other positions as well that the Colts now you think really need to start addressing. So let's start there with pick 21. Uh, where do you think the Colts could potentially go in your mind, and where do you think they probably should go? I think it has to be offensive tackle. Like we talked about it last time, right? Besides quarterback and and you know getting Carson Wentz and trying to figure out that position, like the offensive tackle right now. I mean, Braden Smith's a very solid right tackle, obviously, but mm-hmm. the left tackle com- uh, competition is what Sam Tevy and Julian Davenport. Like if you've <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've seen either one of these guys play football in the NFL, it's not pretty, and that, that really hurts me to say because Julian Davenport actually played his high school football about. 20 minutes from me in New Jersey. So I I've always been rooting for the kid, but like, it just hasn't been good. Sam Tevy was very bad for, for the Chargers for lack of, you know, good context and good analysis. Like he just wasn't very good. So <laughs> it has to be all hands on deck. You have your quarterback in place. Now a, a guy that's had some injuries in the past two and Carson Wentz, like you need to figure out the blind side for him. And I think at 21, that has to be the emphasis. That might even mean reaching potentially for a guy that maybe you think is more a early second round type of prospect. Like you have to figure out the left tackle position. Mm. Yeah. Who are some guys potentially you could see the Colts going there at 21? And you mentioned you maybe feel like you have to reach for a guy. Do you see Ballard potentially trading back? It could be a good trade back situation because I think that there is a there's a decent amount of depth of that late first, early second round offensive tackles in this year's class. So I don't think that necessarily there's just one guy that you have to get at 21. He's the only option. He's the only player that can come in and play. Like I think there are some pro-ready offensive tackles in this class. I really do. I think one good thing that the Colts do have going for them is Tevin Jenkins. What he's been able to do for Oklahoma State actually is kind of a blessing in disguise because he's a pure right tackle prospect coming out of Oklahoma State. So he might get bumped up the board, which in theory is going to push some guys back, right? So maybe a Samuel Cosby from Texas falls to you. Maybe you trade back and take a gamble on a Spencer Brown out of Northern Iowa who might be a little, you know, might need a little bit of seasoning on the NFL level before he is a slam dunk blindside protector after playing right tackle for you and I. But like, 
I think that those are a couple nice options. Do you trade back and then you take a Dylan Radins, who's kind of a pro pro ready guy from North Dakota State? Like I feel like there's a decent amount of options. It's just figuring out what makes the most sense. And if there is for the Colts, one guy that they think that they absolutely need. For me, it's Sam Cosme if he's there. Absolutely. Mm. It's funny. I had your your guy Jack on Jack Borowski on, and he is not a big San Cosme guy at all. Talking about his you know his arm length and you know just different factors. He wasn't a very big Sam Cosme guy. I guess for the for the sake of argument, I'm curious why you're you you seem like you're pretty high on Cosme. Why is that? The arm length conversation for me only comes into play if a guy is deficient in both two areas. One area obviously with the length, and then the other area is athleticism. Sam Cosme is a very good athlete. So while he might not ha- hit that threshold of 34-inch arms that is you know, quickly becoming not as important of a threshold because we have two guys with Penny Sewell that just measured in, that's 33 and a half. Rashawn Slater, everybody loves it, only has 33-inch arms. So like that threshold is becoming a little more of a dwindling factor. But if you have a lack of length, you need to make up for it in another area. You need to overcompensate in another area. And when you're looking at a guy like Sam Cosme, he is – from in my opinion, pound for pound, the best athlete at the left tackle position in this year's draft. This guy has insane foot quickness. The the lack of length doesn't pop up on film. It's only a concern if you see it on film. So I, I don't really see the huge concerns with him. Like, is it I mean, it's like one of those things where pro days are verification process. So like I saw the so if you see the short arms on Cosme and you didn't have concerns about the length on film, that it was deficient. You have to go back and watch it and see if there, there is some problems and some issues that maybe you missed. But if if it's not on film, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Hmm. Okay, that's good to know because I've seen both arguments for both sides. So I'm glad you clarified that. Um, I just I wasn't honestly sure where I stood on Cosme after having that conversation because I was like, well, maybe that's true, you know. And uh, so it's good to kind of get your thoughts on that as well. Uh, what about pass rush though? I mean, the Colts just brought back Al Qadi Muhammad a few days ago. Uh, re-signed him, and you know they have some younger guys in Kamoko Turi, Ben Banigou. They signed Isaac Rochelle, like I mentioned. <clears throat> so they have a couple guys in Taekwon Lewis who played some end. So they have a few guys there at defensive end, but they they're what they're lacking is that real number one guy right now that you know can be that dominant edge rusher. I mean, the Colts have been chasing a dominant edge rusher ever since really Robert Mathis retired years ago. Um, so what do you think about pass rush? You know, I know a name like Quiddy Pay has been a big one. For Colts fans, they have fallen in love with a guy like him. So, you know, what would you say if like there's a guy like that, one of those top edge rusher guys there at 21? Could you see the Colts potentially going after that? I, I think that one th- good thing that the Colts do have coming for them is they have a guy like DeForest Buckner who caused who takes up so much so much attention inside that your defensive ends are going to get a lot of one-on-one opportunities, which is great. So you don't even for me, I don't even think they need the most stalwart, impressive defensive end pass rushers of all time. They need guys that can take advantage of one-on-one opportunities. So I don't think that necessarily you have to really jump the gun at 21 because to be very honest with you, I, I don't love the pass. I don't love the edge class. I don't love the defensive end class this year. I think there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of guys that, hey, four years from three years from now, four years from now, they could be studs or they they could be completely flame out. Like it's 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 a very hit or miss class is a very low floor, high ceiling type of class. And I don't know if there's going to be a guy there that is going to give you immediate return that a potential starting left tackle is going to do early on. But the only person that would make me want two players that would make me reconsider it to a degree. And I'm not sure if, if one is the archetype for what 
the Colts like on the edge, and that is Azizo Jalari from Georgia. If he somehow slips to 21, even though he's more of a odd man front, outside linebacker, pass rusher, but again, that's becoming an obsolete thing too because how many teams truly run a traditional 3-4 defense, right? Like there's only one team in the NFL that plays base defense over 50% of the time, so we're playing four-man alignments more often than not anyway. Right. So getting a guy like Aziz potentially could be really fun. And then the other guy that I would be thrilled to take as a football player at the 21st overall pick is Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Hmm. The problem is Jalen Phillips has the concussion issues. He has the medical red flags that people are needs going to get comfortable with. Is he going to see a second contract? That is the biggest question mark. But if you ask me, is he worth the 21st overall pick? Absolutely. Jalen Phillips is worth a top 15 pick just based upon his film and his measurables. But the question is, how comfortable are you with him? So those are a couple guys that if they're there, I would heavily consider it. But for me, I, I think that there is a, a good amount of players in the second and even later to the degree of, hey, let's get some high upside guys. Maybe a Jason Oway slips to the second because like, hey, he just wasn't that productive while he was at Penn State. Maybe a Joe Tryon from Washington who's a high upside type of player who has you know that size, length, athleticism attributes. Like, I think there's guys on day two to get excited about. So I'm not sure that I would jump the gun necessarily at 21 at defensive ends. Hmm. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, so some other positions of need for the Colts that people would say probably tight end is one wide receiver, maybe on offense as well. Corner is certainly potentially a need. I don't know if safety is really a need anymore because obviously the Colts just signed uh, Sean Davis yesterday. Uh, the Pittsburgh former Pittsburgh Steeler guy for depth purposes. They already have two starting safeties that are pretty solid. Um, but maybe linebacker as well would be a need. So, you know, staying with the offense, are there any guys maybe at tight end or wide receiver? I mean, I wouldn't think around one, but maybe like round two through three or four that you say, oh, maybe the Colts could look to add that person. They might fit in well with this, what the Colts offense is trying to do. Yeah, I, th I think taking advantage of players getting lost in the shuffle because we have seen a tight end class this year where it's like, okay, the ascension of Kyle Pitts has been fantastic. Like he is – a blue chip player. He's a top five player in the class, but it is overshadowed other players like Pat Fryermuth, who was a very good football player. And I, I mean, if someone told me a team was going to draft him in the late first round, I wouldn't object to it because I really do think he's a very good football player, but he might be a guy that's victim to the tight end decline because people's opinions are just going to be like, Oh, we didn't get Kyle Pitts. It, it's there's such <laughs> a massive drop off, which there is, there's a, there's a drop off for sure. But like, hey, second rounds, maybe the Colts could could you know steal one, getting a guy like Pat Fryermuth. Maybe a guy like Hunter Long in the similar style, bigger frame guy, could make a lot of sense. And then another guy that is a little different stylistically that I think could make some sense is a guy like Tommy Tremble, who you might mm -hmm. be able to get in the third or fourth round out of Notre Dame, who is not a finished product, was not a guy that had a ton of volume at Notre Dame, but he just tested exceptionally well. And one thing that he does – the minute that he steps on your football field is you can play a ton of 12 personnel with him because, Hey, he locks his tail off. He can play some fullback. He right. can play some H back. He can play in line. Like there's so much that you can do with the Tommy tremble that although his pass receiving might not, you know, spark a, a high level of confidence early on in his career. He's a guy that can do the dirty work that will allow him to fully develop as a pass catcher. 
Yeah, and he's like an elite athlete. Like that guy is just mm-hmm. insane. And so it's like if you can tap into that, I mean, oh my goodness. Like, but he would be obviously a little bit more of a project, I would say, than obviously than you know Fryermuth or one of those guys. Um, yeah. As a Notre Dame fan, I, I love that Tommy Trimble uh, repping right there, man. I know you are as well. Um, yep. You follow them very closely, so I love that. I would love that from that perspective. Um, let's move on now to maybe the defense. Let's let's talk about maybe some some corner options for the Colts because I feel like that is undoubtedly probably the second biggest need. Now, a lot of people aren't super high on the Colts corner room right now. I mean, there's some guys with potential, but outside of Xavier Rhodes and maybe Kenny Moore, there's really nobody that you feel super confident about. And even with Xavier Rhodes, he only signed up on a one-year deal. Who are some guys maybe that you could see maybe second round or maybe even first round that you could see maybe the Colts going and addressing and trying to figure out that number one corner? Yeah, I think I think the last time I came on, you know, if, if we're – Talking about a corner in the first round, if a guy like Eric Stokes is there from Georgia, like I think that's a great fit. If a guy like Greg Newsom is there from from um, Northwestern, I think that's even a better fix schematically because that kid is a fantastic zone corner. And I know obviously mm. the Colts are playing a ton of cover too, so like active eyes, the ability to break quickly on underneath routes, like Greg Newsom is fantastic at that. But I do think obviously, you know, we talked about offensive tackle. Like I think they really need to figure it out early on. So second rounds, moving on on a little bit, like if Eric Stokes is there in second, I mean, again, take it. Easy money, Mm. easy money, take them all day. Asante Samuel Jr., another guy that, hey, in a a cover too heavy scheme, I don't love his length for every type of scheme. Mm -hmm. He's a little bit smaller. So like if you're running press man and you're asking him to get, you know, in players' faces a ton, like that's not for me what he does best. I don't want him you know, playing physical at the line of scrimmage and then trying to turn and run and play and bail. Like, I, I don't want I don't want that to happen. But if he's playing with his eyes to the line of scrimmage, being able to use his zone awareness, I think that's fantastic. So another guy like him, I think makes a lot of sense. And then may, maybe a guy that, you know, is is he's, he's obviously getting some publicity early, uh, lately now, is Ifyatu um, Melifonwu <laughs> from Syracuse. He's a long corner. He is a guy that I think can play press man. I think he can play zone, very athletic. Obviously, people are going to remember the name Obi Melifanu and just assume <laughs> that he's just this athletic freak that isn't a very good football player. But Ifatu can play a little bit. So those are a couple guys kind of moving into day two that I would definitely think about. If there's a late-round guy that you might want to take a look at, it might be a Brian Mills from North Carolina Central, who I just had an opportunity to talk to uh, the other day. He's a long corner, 6'1 plus. Uh, more quick than he is straight line fast. But again, in a zone heavy scheme, I think that he could be a really nice asset. So he might be a guy in the late rounds to take a look at. Mm, awesome. Well, what do our listeners think? Do you like some of these names? Would you like the Colts to address, you know, what position would you like the Colts to address? Which players would you like them to try to fill that void with? Let us know in the comments below. Ryan, it's always fun, man. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. And we'll have to do it again soon. Absolutely. Cody. Thank you so much. Yep. Yeah.